Welcome to another episode of The Big Question presented by Friends of Film, a podcast and in-depth look at a specific movie-related question. On this episode, we'll discuss our favorite movies of 2018. As always, I'm your host, Karud, and this is joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Not The Big Question. We're kind of like just The Big Declaration. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Exclamation? The big exclamation. I don't know what the punctuation will be on the episode, but... It'll be a, it'll be a question. <laughs> this is Okay, it'll be a question, but I will, we're, we're more telling than asking. That's, or we, mean, we are asking we're, we have people asked. in this room, Yes, and then we will also be asking for anybody else who's out there listening to this episode or sees a tweet or whatever, ah. that you can then send us your lists. I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> well, if you'd like to tweet us your lists and you haven't done that already, you can do that. On Twitter, obviously, at Friends in Film. Um, but if you're looking for other big questions that we have asked and answered, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere your podcasts can be found, really. And if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can find more friends of the show. Right, and this week we have another friend of the show back once again. The mainstay for any list sort of episodes <laughs> It's another edition of Leakty's List. Leakty, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> With Colton Leakty back hey guys, again. <laughs> I am uh, here again for another Leakty's List. And as we learned on the main show on Monday's episode, you're actually always here. I am. Yeah, we. I think we've discussed this like numerous episodes I think already. it's happened every yeah, time. Every single time here. I've come on for the past year, <laughs> we say I'm in the vents, and that still holds have true. we really? I, I just, I must See, have missed See, the only it. reason I... You guys just recently heard me on the uh, the review for How to Train Your Dragon. I was only there because I thought it was a Last Jedi review, oh. um, but I I definitely heard list this time, so I dropped in. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that makes Perfect. sense. That makes sense. So we are doing our finally our favorite films of 2018 because now that Oscars have come and passed, we're recording this before, so we don't know what films won. There's probably there's some nominees, some Oscar nominees that are on this list that could be Oscar winners by the time you guys hear this. Um, but it's finally time now to put 2018 completely behind us by saying what our favorite films of the year are. And we're doing this in the recently established Friends of Film consensus fashion where we have our top 15 consensus Friends of Film uh, favorite films of 2018. And so to do this, we each uh, submitted our own individual top 15 lists. Or actually, we submitted our top 20s to get a top 15 consensus for the three of us. And we're going to do this as we're going to lump the first five entries together and then go through our top 10 individually. Um, but then at the end of the episode, after we discuss the consensus rankings and the consensus list, we will go through and individually say what our individual top 15 lists were. Just so you guys, the listeners, know where we stood overall, especially because since there's only... 15 movies that we're going to talk about here there were 36 different movies in the top 20 list that all three of us submitted so there's several movies that are going to be off of uh this episode that we would love to have discussed but let's start with the 15 through 11 starting with number 15 a simple favor number 14 the ballad of buster scruggs number 13 searching number 12 vice and number 11 a quiet place Ooh. Josh, you, you, you're taken aback by this. I'm guessing because of two in particular. I am taken aback by the rankings of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs in A Quiet Place. Those are, I mean, they're low, but they're also high, and I'm appreciative that they weren't completely left off. I'm here sitting thinking Ballad of Buster Scruggs was going to be, like, I knew that was an outsider, and I knew that you didn't love it as much mm. as I did. Correct. And it may go unrecognized in its time as the best thing to ever land on Netflix. But I kind of still had hope that maybe Colton would have like put it in his top yeah, five. I think I might be the problem here with uh, both of those. Be- I, didn't, I didn't have either one on my top 20. Oh my gosh. I, and I'll, I'll say I had a quiet place at 17. So it missed my top 15, but it was, it was, it was close to getting in there. That was my six and number four film. Yeah. So these are these are big hits for you, Josh. And to make matters not not worse, but to make you feel better, I actually had to move around some things to get Bowder Buster Scruggs even in the consensus top fifteen. Because you know, there are some other films that technically had higher grades, but I was like, it's a top five movie for Josh. So it needs to get in the actual list somehow. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I will just I'll just I will sing the praises of 
the ballad of Buster Scruggs a little bit here. But Tim Blake Nelson's opening uh, story mm-hmm. is the best 15, best 13, 14 minutes of any movie that, ever that came out this year. Oh, okay. Last year in 2018. It is that good. The songs, the wit, the comedy, even some of the action, which yeah. is really done as more of a black comedy beat, mm-hmm. but still is awesome and hilarious and tells, you know, it, I don't know, it's classic Coen Brothers. That the entire movie is classic Coen Brothers. From that to the Franco episode in particular, I think is actually the best. And then, you know, you even get one of the most epic love, pioneer Oregon Trail love dramas, I think, that has ever come about that any of the other Western movies, because it's so tragic and real and uh, crushing in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I am obviously really disappointed that this is the case for, you know, this is the, this is how Buster Scruggs gets buried. Um <laughs> Yeah, spoilers. I don't know. But, I mean, even Zocasin's... Is that Zocasin? Yes, it's Zocasin mm-hmm. in yep. there. Uh, all sorts of greatness that I feel like is going underappreciated. I can understand A Quiet Place not being everyone's cup of tea. So that's all I got. It was, it was a four for me. Yeah, oh. so it was good. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to hear yeah, that. It, it's a really good movie, and it's one that I considered for the last two days to rewatch because I haven't rewatched it. Uh, I just the theater. Theater. Well, time. no, I watched yeah. it once since the theater, and it wasn't a really great viewing experience. But uh, I, st- and that's the thing, I haven't had that proper no noises like viewing experience. So maybe that just still hurt my viewing of a quiet place because mm-hmm. um, I still haven't had that perfect viewing in my opinion. But it's seventeen. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't have been my top fifteen either way. But uh, Colton, I'm gonna guess you want to talk searching. about searching. Yes. <laughs> so searching, man. You're number four of the yeah, year. Yeah. This is this is. One of the one of the top movies of the year for me in that I want to show it to everybody. I've recommended this to so many people. I've forced a couple of my friends to watch it. Mm-hmm. I just think the the twistiness of the movie, it just it's like something we haven't seen in a while, just the uniqueness of the twists that come. They just completely catch you off guard. They send goosebumps down your spine when they show up like on the screen. And the way the story's told is very unique and it's like it's not overbearing and it doesn't get tiresome like I was afraid it would with those kind of movies, how it's like, it's not, you know, like it's kind of a gimmicky type deal, Mm -hmm. but like they make it really work here. And they also make it a bit nostalgic too with the, uh, all the old windows, just uh, how it's told through a computer screen. Yeah. And you get, you kind of see the evolution of the technology in the movie too. And it's it's just, I don't know. I just, I uh, brought, had me like hooked from the beginning. I brought this back up like two episodes ago on the show and kind of like discussed it a little bit how I just rewatched it and you were absolutely right like it is actually a i think it's an oscar caliber like family drama like in a world where we accept movies like this uh-huh. mm-hmm. um I, it it has a it has just as good of a love story in the opening as up does like in a lot of ways um same yeah no it's like very that. it's reminiscent of up for yeah. sure and and it is the first one that truly maximizes the potential of screen films or single screen films. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would actually call that genre. Yeah, um, de- desktop, a desktop film. Yeah. Or whatever the case is. A Skype drama? That doesn't sound <laughs> right either. A FaceTime drama? FaceTime drama, maybe. But the, the just everything, it's not just the pieces that it uses, but uh-huh. it's the story that it's telling with those pieces. Yeah, the story's great. And plus, rewatchability is like off the charts because when you go back and rewatch it, mm-hmm. you see little like things here and there that you're going to be like, oh, that that ties into this later on, you know? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Just little like tidbits that you'll find yep. throughout rewatches of the movie. Absolutely. Right. And while it didn't make my top 20, or it was semi close to it. And just to kind of close out this segment on the movie, it, uh, John Cho's performance, I don't think. Fantastic. We, have, we haven't praised that enough because yeah. that's. One of those, like, if he would have gotten an Oscar, I'd been totally fine for him being nominated or heck even winning for this. So, yep. um, I will quickly also sing the praise of a simple favor, a movie that all of us mm-hmm. actually none of us had in our top 15s. So, it coming to that 15 is kind of ironic, um, but we all had it in our top 20s, and it is one of the rare movies that uh, 
actually happened that's not in like the top 10 so uh this one is i think a really clever thriller i just rewatched it uh, a couple days ago blake lively is phenomenal and anna kendrick is really good henry golding as well their um, their chemistry is hilarious it's, the chemistry yeah. is great the the way paul feig's able to balance the humor but then also the darkness and if they could just handle maybe a couple less twists near the end i think this movie would have moved up a couple of spots for me but yeah it just tosses in too much like it doesn't it does it balances the dark and the humor but it also has like the sex angle or like the sex arc in there too and you're like oh this feels like out of place and like this this should have been way more rom-com like feel when it moves into that kind of stuff so i'm like either cut that or find, find a better balance and they don't i mean the the scenes where they have anna kendrick and blake lively together you put anna kendrick's like innocence with yeah. blake lively's like her edge her edge edginess yeah it's it's so perfect yeah it's like it's something like i've seen it twice and uh the second time it gets even funnier just like Mm -hmm. watching the interactions between them and just i mean when she like says a curse word anna kendrick's like oopsie (laughs) and then she explains she has to go through the whole thing about explaining why she said that and everything Mm -hmm. it's just like unlikely pairing of friends that ends up being like yeah yeah the mystery to the movie too is just i loved so yeah. Uh, do you guys much. want to say anything on Vice? You guys both had it in your top 15s. I, it didn't make mine, but it's a really good movie. Vice, Just... is, Vice is good. It's entertaining. It's Adam McKay. It's unexpected, but it plays, I don't know. At the, uh, the Ultimately, though, it just doesn't balance what Dick Cheney did with the tone of the film. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a real problem just because Dick Cheney is awful. So Yeah. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It. Nothing inherent like I it just missed out my top ten so mm-hmm. nothing inherently like bad about it to me like I don't even I wasn't even bothered by that as much it was just more so it just didn't feel like as complete of a movie as say the Big Short or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it just it felt like something was missing and I don't know what that was but that's just the feeling I got I've only seen it the one time but yeah I mean still pretty high praises from it the cast phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Christian Bale fan. He just knocked this one out of the park too. Um, I think honestly, like Sam Rockwell is getting all the attention, but I think Steve Carell was more of a highlight. For I me. agree completely. Like if they were getting like, I can't believe he got an Oscar nomination for his over three yeah. minutes of George W. Bush impression of eating chicken. It's just like yeah. ridiculous. But uh, let's move on into our official top ten consensus here, starting with a heavy Oscar contender. A Star is Born, the Bradley Cooper directorial debut. This is one that uh, I am not totally surprised is this low, but I wish it was higher. It's my number five on the year. Uh, Colin, it missed out on yours completely, and Josh, you had it at 12. But I think A Star is Born is really something. It's a movie that has stayed with me since October when I saw it for the first time, where I've listened to the soundtrack endlessly, and that's always a huge thing for me anytime music's involved, and it's great, and I continue to listen to it that way. The movie is always playing in my head in some form, and I think Bradley Cooper both does a great job directing the film, but also acting in it as well. And then Lady Gaga, she truly is the star that is born here in this movie with uh, a great performance that people have criticized her for just playing herself in many ways. Um, But I think that's almost further credit to how unbelievable she is because she does it so effortlessly that it's like she is the definition of perfect casting. So uh, she was really good. The music's great. Uh, the cinematography is really good as well. And uh, I can't wait to watch it again. This is a movie that's moving up for me. Like admittedly, I put it at 12, which is semi low. I'm shocked that you think there are 20 <laughs> other movies, 18 other movies. It's just, it, oh, it's could be better. Than okay. That? Let me say this. It is. I honestly don't know if I have a flaw with the movie. Did not connect with you. It's just no. It's not that like I I had the I hadn't seen any of the other ones, but the ending was spoiled for me before I saw it the mm-hmm. first time. So going into it, I just I appreciated the acting, directing, all that stuff you guys mentioned. It was just like at the end of the day when I walked out of the theater, I wasn't as like emotionally affected by it as I wanted to be, mm-hmm. and it just felt like a really solid movie that I'll probably watch again. You know, eventually, like I'd like to watch it again. And see if uh, I can get a better reaction out of it that time. But like, it's definitely it's a four out of five for me. So, do doctors study like, you? Like, <laughs> they do. They ask, how do you live without having? Yeah. A heart? See, no, that's a like. I mean, 
that I mean, for example, How to Train Your Dragon, one we just reviewed that mm-hmm. that one that hit home. That one hit home more than the Star okay, Is Born. Fair for enough. Me. More than a, a struggling rock star battling alcohol and you know all that kind of stuff. Depression. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of things that he's got. Yeah. 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 I, I, no, but I I really I enjoyed watching Bradley Cooper's transformation in the movie. Um, the I mean, like I'm not much for rom romance, but. <laughs> like in movies, but uh, I'm a hopeless romantic. No, but uh, like they're watching them, their relationship like form and everything, and throughout the movie, that was that was great, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't have any problems with the movie. It's just okay. Uh, the there were like I don't know where I ended up ranking it on my whole list here as a whole, it but wasn't a top twenty. Yeah. So, but there were just all I'm saying is there were twenty other movies that I'm thinking right now, like. Oh, walking out of the theater the first time, I had a better time with. Okay, fair know? enough, fair enough. But I'll disagree with I'll agree with Cooper. Everything he said, like, too bad with me. Um, it just didn't hit home, like on the emotional levels. But all the other parts of it are terrific. Yeah, I think the Lady Gaga criticism, like, no, she's not playing herself. If she would just be a pop star, like doing musical numbers, that's playing yourself. No, she's a whole person in this thing. No, see, Get that was a, that was a highlight. Yeah, like the exactly. just the. The how they were able to sing like live for the mm-hmm. like they got they actually like performed at a concert right when they were filming parts yeah of they, the movie. they were at a grabbing stages at Coachella right yes yes Coachella yeah, yeah. like that just added to the uh, what under do you, immense what do you call pressure it? too they had like ten minutes per like rehearsals and then they had mm-hmm. ten minutes per uh, shot so well. yeah just the realness of the movie it just added to it mm-hmm. you know so let's move to number nine one that uh, did not make my list but one both of you are very high on. To a certain extent, uh, Hereditary, hey. uh, the horror Are movie we? that really I feel like took the world by storm in a lot of senses. Tony Collette was just being I felt pushed down my throat to have an Oscar nomination. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I would have been fine if she did because the movie is great. But if you're talking about a movie that for me personally favorite movie of the year, like it's 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 not close because I'm probably will never watch the movie. I have n- I love horror movies and this was just one that swept me off my feet. I mean, like, in, to the point where I didn't want to see this movie because I knew how good it looked. And then I got to the theater, and it was exactly the opposite of what I was expecting, the exact opposite of the trailers. And then when we get to the end of it, I'm like, I just watched an awful, a bunch of awful human beings doing a bunch of awful things with the atmosphere of, like, a dark, like a dark romantic novel and then just have it go ball to the walls insane in the last mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And I loved every second of it. Tony Collette's, <laughs> Tony Collette's "I Am Your Mother" dinner table fight with her family has just been burned in my mind as one of the best scenes of a movie in 2018. And it's only beaten by her her breakdown to her husband that comes about an hour later in the movie before he spontaneously combusts, and it is just exceptional in all those ways. <laughs> Yeah, it was so unsettling, and man, I'm not, I'm usually not a a horror guy because mm-hmm. I get scared too easily. This one definitely scared me. I would say, um, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know what to, I. It's another one I I can't really think of something that I didn't like about the movie. It subverted expectations. Especially when the spoilers behead the like his sister right away. That's probably the like the most shocking yeah. moment of 2018. On you film. just like I sank to the floor in the theater because mm-hmm. it hurt my gut that much. Yeah, and also I this is weird, but I kind of like how it didn't appeal to the people that generally say horror is my favorite genre. Yes, because like no jump scares. Yeah, that's a that's the thing. Like you know, it's a good movie when certain people <laughs> don't like it. Like <laughs> that's a, <laughs> when someone has bad taste. I mean, yeah, exactly. No, I know. I know several people that hated this movie. So there's no such thing as bad taste, but it's there, yeah. there's cheap. There's what I would call a cheap. Well, see, that's what I, I hate: cheap jump scares and stuff like that. This didn't have it. Mm-hmm. That's what it like. That's what I loved about it the most. It genuinely got under my skin without really just by kind of showing you it's stuff without tricking you into seeing something pop out it's you know slithered underneath rather than impaled you yeah exactly that's what i like better and that's and why then, i didn't like the i nun. mean i love <laughs> i never saw that but there's scenes like 
where the camera will just be focused on something and you'll think you see something and then it may or may not move and he, you're just like just, oh man he pans that camera with just uh, the best of them I can't yeah. wait for what I think it's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen absolutely well on that note let's move on to <laughs> a movie that uh, Josh confessed he just recently watched Bad Times at the El Royale Ooh, oh, slides in eight. at Good. number 8 because wow. this is one that if we were each doing our individual lists, which we will get to eventually, uh, would be mentioned much earlier in the episode. But uh, it's a movie that all three of us had on our lists, even though I had it at 15 and you both had it at 14. So it just kind of squeaked onto all of our lists. But the consensus all of us have in it in there gives it the bump up and uh, it comes in at eight. And I think it's deserving in the extent of, even though we may not all love it to the extent of it's a number eight movie of the year, uh, we all can appreciate everything that happened with it. That's so weird to have that happen. Like I'm looking at the rest of my list and I'm like, guys, these are all easy movies to have, you know, in our top tens or whatever the case is. But I really like you, if you listen to last week, you can tell that I really love bad times at the Royale. It was like a detective fiction, but without the detective in the story and instead they rely on a bunch of unreliable narrators and different personalities and people. And Jeff Bridges Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, yeah. I thought Chris Hemsworth was a standout of this. Uh, John Hamm, Dakota Johnson, uh, every everything about this movie just really worked for me. And then Cynthia Erivo, who's like probably the That's breakout name, star yeah. of 2018, like she is so good. She's the highlight of the one t- of the one shot uh, sequence. That's probably the highlight of the whole movie overall, and uh, it's it's really well done. And I mean, I even though it doesn't look like X Force is going to happen, whatever Drew Goddard does next, I just I can't wait for it. So. Yeah, and it had the it had the unique uh, storytelling style too. I feel like that's going to be a you know a common thread in some of these like searching, but uh, the, the way it told the story, like how it kind of showed each character, it focused on a character at one time specifically until it built up to the big uh, the big bad of the movie. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know if I should Tom, call him that. Yeah, yeah Hemsworth's Tommy Lee. Yeah, who's like a Charles Manson character. Yeah, just kind of like the. They needed a protagonist, or not a protagonist, an antagonist, an antagonist. and uh, Chris Hemsworth provided that in uh, in Spades. He's yeah. phenomenal and uh, somewhat menacing, actually. Kind of funny. Like, you didn't know if you wanted to laugh, but yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. also unsettling the way, like, when you find out kind of what he's involved with and stuff, mm-hmm. just how you kind of see some of that background. But also, yeah, mm-hmm. just the way they play around with the characters and your expectations of them. Um, spe- specifically Jeff Bridges and uh, what's S- Cynthia Erivo. Cynthia Erivo. Uh, their interplay is like probably the highlight of the movie for me. Absolutely. So on that note, let's move on to number seven. First Man comes at number seven. Josh, let's hear it. That's really disappointing. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go ahead and just guess that you, none of you guys had this in your top ten. Oh, no, we, we did. Oh, I had it at number nine. So, I think I just moved it out of my top ten before wow. I sent you the list. Yeah, wow. Colin, you it came in on sixteen for you officially. Uh, this so. really hurts. This is my number two movie of the Ooh. year. Yeah, and it has like listen. Ever since Damien Chazelle's La La Land came out, I learned who he was. I learned who him and Justin Hurwitz is. I, I went back to Whiplash, and then I picked up First Man, and I have been in love with this movie. And it's not just because. Neil's an Ohio guy and I'm an Ohio guy. Like all of those things are beyond the scope of it. But Chazelle made a movie that he made a movie about the real life um, explorers, NASA, the astronauts. And he did it in such a physical and practical way while keeping the script. Like you said, yeah, person deeply Uh personal. And he, he, like everything from the film that he shot on to the mechanics of how he, they made space mm-hmm. in this movie was absolutely stunning and acceptable, ex- like exceptional. And you know you can talk about Claire Foy's like fire, like fiery performances. Um, Jan, Janet, J- sounds right. Neil's wife. I believe it's Jan. Yeah, I think so. I'll, too. I'll fact check it while you. It's something to sing its praises. Precisely. <laughs> and how she just basically like, sh- like, you know, drags emotion out of Neil or um, Ryan Gosling character, like in this movie. And you're like, 
absolutely incredible. And like it's it's funny in a lot of ways and it it just brings to earth it brings down to earth how hard and how long and like what an undertaking this was and just how cool all of the aspects of it are. And then Justin Hurwitz's score is 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 it beautiful it's beautiful but at the same time it's even haunting in some ways. Yeah. And he's he played with that so well. I was just going to say with the with the score this is going to be I think what First Man's going to become most famous for, and that it's the first ride-in Oscar to win Best Score. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot <laughs> believe that it didn't get on there. It is. It was it my is favorite. A pretty big you know? snub, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the like, I don't want to like cut into you, you talking about, it, but the moon landing scene, best scene of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, watching that in IMAX, great. And having the oxygen yeah. literally sucked out of the room mm-hmm. when that when they get down to the planet and everything yeah. or the planet, the, the, the lunar <laughs> surface, you, 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 in the theater, like I, I saw Cooper and IMAX and you could just kind of felt everyone kind of like hold their own breath. Yeah. Just so you don't want to mess up the atmosphere, you know? Exactly. It <laughs> was room. so cool. And then it's just, be- it's just beautifully shot. I, I returned to some of those frames all the time, but the one of them in quarantine, it's Jan, right? It is Janet. Janet. Okay. Oh, right yeah. So end. Jan, Janet. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in quarantine is still so, it's so sweet. And, uh, yeah, uh, all, all of the elements there. Yeah, I, I mean, lo- and even Claire Foy, like, I feel like she's a pretty big snub at the Oscars as well. Yeah, like, she I, is. She probably wouldn't yeah. win based on the rest of the nominations, but, like, I still think her performance is exceptional. This entire movie has just been, has made me furious from the from the flag, from the beginning of the flag <laughs> controversy to it just not performing well. And then all those snubs earlier in January have made me really upset i mean not as upset as movies can make me. <laughs> i loved the way it was filmed too like it felt like parts of the parts of it like they forgot to turn the camera off when the kid was just like you right. know, sneaking up on yeah. his mom and doing something that just felt like a natural yeah yeah i loved the something. home the yeah. home video aspect of 16 mm-hmm. a lot of millimeter that. really brought that yeah. out i loved it mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think the movie's the movie's great i mean it comes in a little higher than i would have placed it but i think the only reason it was not like knocked down a little bit for me was just like rewatchability like yeah, that's unlike, what... unlike Whiplash or even Lawland, I don't have that like big of a desire to like go rewatch this immediately. So, I mean, I know there's sequences of First Man that are exceptional and the performance is great, but it's it's not one of those movies that I don't think is going to be constantly re- rewatched by me. So that like just knocked down a couple of pegs. Otherwise, you're talking about like technically best films I've seen this year. It's probably like right around my top five. So, mm-hmm. um, I wanted so hard to get this in the top ten. I just as I was thinking about it, just the rewatchability aspect is what pushed it down for me. Y'all, I've seen it twice, and you, y'all are yeah. forgiven. I, right. I bought it the day it came out too, you know. So I've, I've not. Bought I've got it I've got a lot of love for the movie. It's just uh, it's my least favorite Chazelle movie, um, which is it's not really saying too much because he's made yeah, three all incredible great movies. movies. Yeah, the low it like this one would be like a four and a half for me out of five, and okay. like yeah. the the other two are fives. Fair you know, enough. So. So let's move and just missing our top five coming at number six is Black Panther uh, mm. movie that I had at seven Josh had at eight and Colton had at 12. So it gets bumped up just based on the consensus. Some films everybody else had higher that nobody else had and just kind of moves up the list that way. But uh, I still think it's a movie that is very deserving of being the number six movie here at friends of film because we all, uh, I know Colton may not love it as much as, me and I'm not, I don't love it as much as Josh because uh, even when we did our best MCU movies, he, Josh was taken aback by how low we both had it, even though we were still like a top 10 movie. So, uh, either way, I think Black Panther, uh, one of the more important movies of the year, uh, for what it did for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but what it also did for the larger Hollywood and showing that you can have this very diverse, all black or mainly black cast and have it be exceptional which is great, but then also it can make buttloads of money, which isn't what this is all about, but it all, but it just gives that confidence from other studios. Be like, hey, look, you guys can also do this, and we can get more movies like a Black Panther, more movies that can be these big blockbusters, but that also touch on something very real, like about racism and slaves and imprisonment and uh, all these different ideas that Black Panther plays with. And I think it's um, another hit for Ryan Coogler. Michael B. Jordan is fantastic as Killmonger. Um, the whole cast is just phenomenal and it gave us Winston Duke the latest breakout star of the t-shirt right uh, mm-hmm. has burst onto the scene and uh, really made a star even more of out of uh, Denai Guerrero, Lupita Nyong'o and everybody else that's in this so yeah it's a great movie 
It's the it's the first Marvel movie that has a visually different attitude and style to it from the first from the first beat of the movie. Um, the, the the prologue to the entire story feels different. I don't know, it feels like it matters in a lot of ways. And then you move that through to um, Oakland in the eighties, and then from there just to all parts of Wakanda and through and throughout. Um, you can tell someone it's got a swagger. About it's got it. a swagger yeah. to it that uh, other movies, other MCU films don't have. And a lot of other movies are desperate for. And Ryan Coogler's just like, here's, here's a little bit of it or whatever the case is. And that is, I think that's what ultimately like carries everything forward. And then he weaves in the things that the Russo brothers like toiled away at to get out of uh, the winter soldier or the civil war. And Rakur's like, well, no one, everyone's afraid of these like ideas, so here they are, plain and simple. And then you get that deep meaning too. Um, and so, y- yes. And then you can't say enough about the army of incredible actors, from Kaluuya to Letitia Wright to Denai Guerrera, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I've already said a, plenty <laughs> about this movie in the past. I don't want to. Go too much into it. It will haunt my dreams, though, for the, uh, or I should say nightmares. Um, just working at a theater this weekend was, <laughs> it was a, a little, little bit. It was a lot to take. It was yeah. a $200 million yes. opening weekend. So It was uh, it was pretty insane. All of that obviously lines came out from the, lines out AMC the door. in Fort Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> $200 million opening weekend for Black Panther's re-release? No, no, Domestically. no. That's what it, that's what it did opening weekend. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. what? no. Re- if that if it did on the re-release, this movie is like one of the highest <laughs> movies of all time. <laughs> no, Even it was just so. the constant lines out the door, the in, open to close. It was just it was insane. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, great movie. You know. So going from Black Panther into our top five, and Black Klansman. Here it is. Comes in. Uh, I think one of the movies that I've still only seen the one time. But I've been just like kind of dying to rewatch, and hopefully, after, when you guys are hearing this, it's an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, best uh, whether for best picture or best director, or probably best screenplay is probably its most likely uh, outing, or even maybe Josh gets his hope is gets Adam his Driver. wish, and Adam Driver gets best supporting actor somehow. Um, <laughs> but Black Klansman, I think, is the movie that of, of all the movies of the year, including Infinity War, the ending that shocked me and hit me the most. Of any movie I saw this past year, because the mixture of how the story that Spike Lee is telling ends, and then the use of the real world footage to show that racism is still very much a very big problem in the, our, our current state and the current state of the U.S. and the current state of the world, um, and just the way that they re- that Spike Lee was able to show that. Uh, I think is one of the more impressive things that happened in filmmaking this past year. But then you take the the devastation and the disgust that you feel at the, at, at that moment. And then you look back at the movie and that he's able to do some of those same things, but then also weave in like legitimate moments of comedy and levity from John David Washington and Adam driver, who are both exceptional in the movie. And then even Topher grace gives a hilarious performance mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in terms of like, he is, it's funny to see him make this turn, but he's also very believable in a way that Topher Grace does a great job making it seem like he could lead the KKK. The per- <laughs> yeah, the perfect amount of spite, but also the, the, the shrinking, smarmy and puniness of David Duke, the man himself. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, this guy is the head racist of this movie. Like the the bigot number one, and you're like this guy has like he's clearly overcompensating for something, <laughs> and you I don't know it's it's subtly hilarious and also like I don't know um, eye turning at the same moment mm-hmm. and through, throughout all of it and then like you said like the devastation of the way that it's not subtle bigotry anymore like it just it moves from here's the KK rallies in the past to oh here's one that's going on like over in uh, uh, somewhere. Like yeah. today, and you know that's like you said. Like when you guys were talking to me about it in the February or the September edition, yeah, of so the best far, of the year so far. I had no idea what you what you really meant. Like you didn't convey it at all, and then I got to, well, you got it. <laughs> Sorry, you you you, you 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 spoke it up, you talked it up, and then I saw it. And I'm like, wow, that's what they were talking about. They were right about how powerful it was, but you guys didn't do it justice about how powerful that it's is. It's hard to do that though. It I is. mean, this is the most gut punching finale of the year. You yeah. Know? 
Uh, and uh, for recent memory, you know? Yeah, and um, Big Short's the only other thing that made me like feel like squirming in my seat yeah. at the end. But that was, a, that was a little bit different of an ending. This is just like everything that you just saw in the movie is mm-hmm. still a problem today, and yes. it's still not being handled correctly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And all Adam McKay did was like put a... And people are dying because of it, you know? Right. That's mm-hmm. what... And the, and the other thing, too, not just uh, black people are suffering from it, too. Because they show, like, the uh, the girl that dies. I can't remember her name. Rest in peace, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you remember how, like, it's just, like, that one... Heather from... Because she, she, like, dies in that... Uh, she passed away during the uh, Charlottesville rally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, they're showing how it, Heather it affects, like, everyone yeah. in America and how it's things can be handled differently, mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't really take a side either politically, I would say. I mean, it, it, you I mean, could it, kind it, of make an argument, but I think personally coming from it, I I didn't see it. I think I it did a good job to me just showing you mm-hmm. the actual facts of what's actually happening. They showed news footage, yeah, it, and then they show you what's happening. It's it, like it's it, it clearly has a side, mm-hmm. but when you're watching it, you're just like, that's not really biased because they're not really – coming out and saying that they're showing you what actually happens right it picks then, a side so much as it shows you what bigots and racists look like right yeah <laughs> and if, if, if you're like well that's picking a side then buddy like i mean there's there's yeah of course there's a side they're the just kind of giving right you side. the facts and saying do with it what you will right but. right so yeah i think black Klansman, uh one of the most powerful films of the year uh hopefully like i said an oscar winning screenplay film by you guys time my favorite screenplay of the year it, yeah. it's it's so good uh i think it, is it also up for score as well i think yes, it's uh, score. Mm-hmm. and i that's the that's the one score i've uh, one of the reasons i want to rewatch it's the got movie a groovy is score <laughs> i don't really remember the score I, I don't remember it being bad by any means but just one of those maybe subtle scores i don't really remember Pop off in my brain or anything, so it's a it's one of those that kind of just comes out of nowhere in certain scenes and kind of hits you harder than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's got like kind of how we talked to Black Panther. It's got like a little swagger to it. Yeah, with Spike Lee movie. Yeah, know? latest so, Spike Lee joint. Yeah. So uh, we'll go from Black Klansman maybe being a best score yeah, winner it just makes me want to move it up more. Right to Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which a movie that is absolutely going to have. Best become animated. the best animated movie of 2018 by the Academy by the time you guys are hearing this because if it doesn't wow they could give it to a pix <laughs> they do like Pixar they do but I don't but. I don't see how you can pass up the the genius the revolutionary work that uh, the animators they did were the Lego able to movie do when they didn't even get a nomination that that's true this one at least has a nomination so we mm-hmm. know it's in the race and it's in and the it's race the favorite it's so. got to be the favorite it's got to win uh, because. The animation's great. The soundtrack is incredible. It's one of those mm-hmm. other ones that I have not stopped listening to uh, since I heard it the first time. And you talk about the doing a different take on Spider-Man while still remaining very true to who Spider-Man is as a character and or what Spider-Man as a emblem uh, means. He still has the hope. He still has to balance the school life with being a superhero. Uh, he also has the the personal tragedy of finding out that. S- semi-spoiler alert uh if you don't know the comics or anything that his uncle is a villain that's trying to kill him um and but then also spider-verse can amazingly do what i don't think a live action movie that would be able to pull off of bringing in these characters from other dimensions who all have their own unique animation styles which i think makes this movie stand out even more but then also be able to go full comic book mode and bring in the the collider thing at the very end and the different dimensions swirling around. And it's just so trippy and insane that you have a giant sized kingpin. You're like, yep, I believe it. Like, let's go, let's do this. And I think, uh, Shamik Moore as the voice of miles. So good. Miles story is phenomenal. The relationship with his dad, uh, Gwen Stacy voiced by Haley Steinfeld. So good as well. So, uh, I'll let you guys jump in here. So you guys, I don't take all the praises away from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but it is so good. It's a ridiculous concept brought I mean, brought out to us through animation, a revolutionary animation, or not even not revolutionary, but just we've been able to do this. But people not, who've been nobody's unaf- done this before. I got like the tech, not new technology, but they're just like, go for it, be weird, do what you need to to make this movie stand out. And no one batted an eye or thought, oh, this is just so weird. It's no. This is awesome. It's different. I haven't seen it before. They let them take a risk, and the risk paid off all the way through. Um, it hit some of the best. It's probably the best movie that came out in December, I think. Yeah. Yes. 
for sure. I've seen it three times, with which is one. It puts it up there with. I think it's the most watched movie of the year for me in the theaters, and I don't know, like everything about this movie says it's it's all it's Spider Man, but it's different in all of the best ways. Um, it pushes it pushing animation so far, and at the same time, like still felt like an animated comic book movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways with i mean john Mulaney's in this movie and that's all i really <laughs> want to say about this but on a quick side note did you see that the blu-ray for spider-verse has a spider ham short mm-hmm. okay yep <laughs> i watched like, like a minute of it i'm like i can't wait to see this full thing go out and like all, all of these things that it does and still gets you with this really like traditional spider-man story if mm-hmm. it's traditional in whatever way it could be. And then, get, and then you know, jumps out from there. Yeah, it was just, like you guys said, it was just so inventive and so fun to watch, just visually speaking. Um, it was hilarious. It was had great soundtrack. Um, it, it made me feel like uh, how I felt watching the 90s cartoon series as a kid. Like, it kind of, it gave me that similar feeling. And um, as you got, I think I've said this on the show before, but Spider-Man's like my favorite Marvel character. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, this movie completely did it justice and then some. So um, can't wait to see what they do with this universe. Um, I think this movie was way better than it had any right to be. <laughs> and uh, man, I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, you guys pretty much touched on everything. So Yeah, I will say the surprising thing for me having it this high up is that I've still only seen it the one time, but you've only seen it once. I haven't, I haven't rewatched it yet. Mm-hmm. And seen it. at this point, I don't think I will until I buy it on Blu-ray. Like I think it's still out in a couple of theaters and a couple of showtimes, but, um, seen it three. I, but it's just I'm still one time. I remember it vividly. Yeah. The soundtrack is, is one of those things. Again, it, I've, I've listened to sunshine and, uh, invincible, like on probably a hundred times. It feels like, like I just, I haven't stopped listening to that soundtrack. Sunshine. Or sunflower. Oh, sorry. sunflower. Yeah. Sorry. My Which bad. is like only the second I like best. What's up, danger? What's up, yeah. danger, man? Yeah. What's yep, up, danger? That's it. I mean, the the, the soundtrack's great across the board. So, mm-hmm. uh, on to our top three. Which starts off with my number one movie of the year, Avengers: Infinity War. Oh, uh, three is number three on the year for friends and film overall. Again, it's one of those movies that I've praised enough i think on the podcast where we did a full review on it we've done the mcu the best of the year so far list um but if you haven't heard already it's just exceptional the character balance thanos is the best film the mcu's had so far the russos were able to balance the tones of the guardians with the tones of the uh, of captain america and black widow and iron man and they mixed it all together uh we're able to bring everything together so flawlessly that uh, I don't think you could. They, they could have done it any better than what they did, and it, the ending shocked me. Uh, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Live up to the hype. <laughs> um, definition of a blockbuster movie to me. Um, yeah, it perfectly sailed through. It speeded through. It maglevd across all of the track that it got laid down, and all of the other seventeen, sixteen. 17, 16 movies, 15 movies, uh, 17 before this, 17 that came before it effortlessly. Mm -hmm. There's not a bad beat in the movie. There is just those MCU things that happen. There are epic moments in it all across the board. There's the hilarity of seeing all your favorite characters, you know, concocted and twisted and turned over. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, and mixed, like remixed. And it plays around with fan theory, like fan theories and expectations too. Okay. It's really good at subverting expectations. I mean, just like going into it, you're like, Iron Man's going to die. Yeah. Captain America's going to die. What does it do? It keeps them alive. Kills, kills off all the else. new people, you know? <laughs> kills off that Black Panther movie that just came out, you know? Mm-hmm. Just made a billion dollars. You're dead. Yep. Dr. Strange. So, I mean, granted, gone. we've already so talked about, I mean, they're coming back. But yeah. Right. I mean, still, like, yeah. as it's happening, you're just like, wow, the ball's on this movie. You're just like, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, I mean, the ball's, but also just like, Wait, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> Why? What is happening next? Uh, it just raises as many questions as it tries to answer. Yeah. So. It gets dark without being overtly dark. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's and then they just fake kill off like Drax and Mantis and stuff right. in that one scene, bring him back. And, and then they, they, just, fake, they fake killed Thanos minutes before that. And I was like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, even at the end when Thor buries his axe into yeah. his chest, you're just like, 
oh, okay, snap. what are they doing with this? And wait, then, where, wait, where do we go next? Yeah, like, and oh. then, I mean, just the Iron, the Iron Man one got me the most because, like, I was anticipating it happening. Yeah. Well, not anticipating, but. Well, you expected I wasn't it to happen. It. Yeah, I expected it. I wasn't excited for it to happen, but I was like, as he got stabbed, I was like, I thought I was ready for this, but I'm not. I don't want him to die right now. Then and he then does it. up all the yeah. stones. You're like, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's going to behead him or something. And <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be it. Um, but yeah, it's also, I mean, it's number one for me for all Definition those reasons. Epic. But also, yeah. uh, it's easily the movie I've watched the most this past year. So. Yeah. It's not a surprise. I'm not going to reveal where I put it on my list because I feel like we have to go out. Well, I will get you'll, to you'll, you'll, you'll reveal it when you do your individual list at the end of the episode. Oh, and I will make you say it. Uh, <laughs> then number two, my number two, Mission Impossible Fallout comes in here. Number two movie of the year. Again, movie that we've all sung the praises of mm-hmm. several times before. But it's the action. It's the thrills. It's the performances. It just does not the direction. stop from it's beginning Colin's to end. number one movie of the year. So I'll let yes. him go on and just... Praise the crap out of this. (laughs) I think I've done that plenty enough too, but uh, it just, yeah, it just never lets up just from the, from the get go. The, uh, the cinematography is just absolutely gorgeous. Like the, the helicopter chase sequence, um, however much of the, uh, the lightning storm was actually filmed or not Mm -hmm. that, that shot of him looking out is just breathtaking. Uh, That whole jump, halo jump sequence, the bathroom fight after that, just all just, exhilarating stuff and the Ferg is great as well but um <laughs> trademark pending yeah <laughs> I, I've I've sang so many praises about this um I'll go ahead and try to do a flaw how about that oh. that's my number one uh thought the ending could have been a little bit better you didn't like the, the I did laughing. not like the little joke at the end it was well, fine it was fine it was just it was a nice little like Oh, everything is good now because we've just gone through a huge roller coaster ride for the entire movie. What's the joke? So I I don't even remember. It's just like Simon don't Pink. make yeah. He's like don't make me laugh, and then they're all just like smiling. That's just a happy little send off. <laughs> but that's fine. I, you know, it it is fine. I'm just saying like it doesn't have as impactful as an ending as some other movies. That's all I'm saying. Well, so that would be. That would just be something I would nitpick. Oh, okay. and to your credit, okay. Tom Cruise also does not like that. So, really, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, I believe that's what Chris McQuarrie said. Like, he, Tom Cruise was like fighting to make that not the ending. He's like, I don't want this movie to end with me just like but, in a bed laughing. <laughs> <laughs> What's so great about it is like you have no idea how they're going to top it. Exactly. You know, and now and McQuarrie has to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's making two more movies, and coming. That's all you could want from a movie, just like. Uh, an action centric movie you want to walk out of it like how in the world are they going to do something better than what they just did mm-hmm. and that's what they succeeded with yeah. i believe i was a latecomer to the fallout franchise or the fallout franchise <laughs> uh that too i guess in a way video game wise but no the mission impossible franchise like uh very publicly on the show i was like tom cruise no uh, what no um and then i finally did a rewatch or did a first watch of all of those and blah. Um, then you realized you can't lose it wrote all the way through. I enjoyed the first one, hated the second one and then loved everything from JJ forward. And like you said, there's from the get go, this thing is a baby driver movie on steroids with the pacing, the action beats, the visceral nature of everything that Tom Cruise and his entire cast go through, Angela Bassett and Vanessa Kirby um, are two newcomers to like really just crush it in all the ways. There's these like blockbuster like comedy things, but also they're played so well um, with Simon Pegg that I'm like, oh, these are perfect. And too, like the mask, like it just utilizes all of the Mission Impossible tropes, mm-hmm. but churns the action up to twenty. And just runs with it. And I love that about it. And it's all practical, too. it's all Mm -hmm. practical. Mostly practical. The lightning storm is... Yeah, the lightning in that is CG. But I did... I was watching, like, behind the scenes, like, how how, how they make it sort of feature at things. And the motorcycle chase through Italy is all, like, largely practical, including, like, Mm -hmm. all the cars going through. I was was, like, kind of blew my mind. Because that was one thing. I was like, if there's any CG... It's like probably there because that's just way too dangerous. Like, nope, that's mm-hmm. not dangerous enough for Tom the, Cruise. The out of focus, out of focus, motion blurs of like the things mm-hmm. in the foreground. I'm like, surely they wouldn't have risked. That's that's the funniest part about the Mission Impossible franchise, especially Fallout, is because it is so practical and so good at it. Then when you do get CG, like the helicopter tumbling down the mountain, you're like, that's so fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the car tumbling in five down the stairs oh yeah yeah so impractical it's just like um, it sticks out because it's just like nah just the score too is i like particularly i like the uh 
the score segments like where he's like shooting up the the SWAT team. Yeah, I, I like that score segment, but also just like how it adds well with the movie. Um, particularly, I was talking about the lightning storm earlier that I just I still remember the feeling of watching that where um, he goes to look out of the uh, like right before the halo jump, how the uh, screen expands when IMAX to show like the full capability of the screen. But as he's looking out at the lightning storm, as a score picks up, that was highlighted in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since you mentioned the cinematography by mm-hmm. Rob Hardy, he to tie it back to the main episode. He's doing cinematography for black widow. So, Oh, nice. Hopefully that movie's going to look phenomenal. Yeah. Should as does his other 2018 movie, which is our number one movie oh, I know of what it is. the year. So Annihilation. Funny. Yes. Thank goodness. Josh is number one. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I, I, I could go like, listen, Alex Garland did something really good. Like this is, this is how much this movie messed me up, but also thrilled me and just made me fall in love with it is that as soon as I left the theater, I've, I got the book, I binge read it until Saturday, but the next day I believe too, <laughs> like for the show. And so I could, I, I could, you know, be an expert as much as you could be an <laughs> yeah. expert about this movie, but it is, it is beautiful. It is horrific. It is, it is unsettling mm-hmm. in so many ways that aren't obvious to you in the beginning. But as the story expands, as you, this a slew of characters who you love, um, Gina Rodriguez, uh, Natalie Portman, um, Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lee and then the Oscar fifth, Isaac, Oscar Isaac, and then the fifth member who's I always forget, but yeah. she Ben Wong is in there as well. Exactly, a couple of seconds. All, all through all these people are phenomenal and play off each other so well as they try to uncover the mystery of this thing. And what I love about it is when it gets to the when it gets to the part where it needs to satisfy you, it does none of those things. It just makes you ask more and more and more and more questions. Which to the point turn satisfied. Y- yes. Which what? <laughs> I said the when it <laughs> huh? when you think it's going to satisfy you, it doesn't exactly. it goes a different route, but which in turn end up satisfying. Absolutely. When you think about it, yeah. Or it, it just it just in a, in a way that makes you ask questions yeah. beyond the film that doesn't have a sequel to it. It mm-hmm. doesn't have like, you know, things like that. But it could, right? Cuz there's other books in the franchise? It could, yeah. Theoretically it's not going to happen, but but, ins- but instead they bring her out of the forest instead of like in the book she gets in a boat and oh, goes off to a different land where she mm. thinks Oscar Isaac is or her huh. husband is. Okay. Yeah. And it I don't and just every frame of this not every frame but like every frame inside the shimmer is incredible because they're they're basically rainbowing and prism um, I don't know prisming all of the light and they move and how they move that around and play with it is so fun and cool and I just can't think of a better score for a movie than. Annihilations. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the beginning of it, and then you just you kind of move through the entire movie from there, and it is exceptional. Absolutely. I mean, it still has one of my favorite sequences of the year: the Gene Rodriguez bear scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, So memorable, so cool, so terrifying. Great performance by Rodriguez in that scene. Natalie Portman's phenomenal throughout the film. Uh, Such an interesting world and story and characters and. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie that I've already rewatched a couple of times and will definitely continue to do so in the years to come, so. Man, yeah, it was just, it really makes you think. <laughs> Sticks with you. Uh, certain images do, too, with the uh, Oscar Isaac, with the whole uh, cutting the stomach open yeah. colons. That that image sticks with me. I mean, the bear sequence with uh, just opening its mouth, mm-hmm. even, too. Um Letting out the Just screams seeing, of yeah. someone yeah. that ate earlier, and I this this is a perfect example of like a perfect use of exposition for me. Well, I love how they do it in this movie because they kind of like naturally do it as they're like on their journey. You just kind of f- learn about the characters, and it feels natural the way they like introduce it. Particularly Portman, like mm-hmm. the relationship at the center of it. Portman and Isaac Isaac's relationship yeah. is perfect in the beginning and then you watch it degrade see how it's and yeah. shift and turn and mutate to the end and you're like oh wow these people like were not as 
in love as they were at the beginning. Like yeah. when Natalie Portman said she owed him, she just literally meant like I messed something up for him, and like and I probably I cheated hate on him. him. Yeah, yeah, and I probably we probably hate each other now, but. I feel like I need, just need to go get him. It keeps you guessing the whole time, too. Just when you think you kind of know the general idea of where it's going, but just based on how other sci-fi movies uh, somewhat similar to this have been, mm-hmm. um, it'll do something like out of the blue, like, say, bring in a bear that, <laughs> you know, opens its mouth into, like, you know, a giant crocodile or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, or yeah, just the Tessa Thompson turn into a tree. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then the whole ending just so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So... That is our number one. Those are the top 15 consensus friends and film movies, but favorite movies of 2018. So we've got a couple of minutes left here before we reach a point where we're too, too far gone on this episode where we can each give and run through our individual top 15 lists, focus mainly on the ones that we haven't already talked about. Um, and I will kick us off if that's okay with you guys. First, how many of your top 15 did not make it? Uh, good question. Let me reorder that real quick. Okay. Uh, it would have been, did not make the top 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, three, four, five. Oh, wow. Okay. Five of them did not make it. I have five as well. I only have two. Wow. You made it out pretty well. In your top 15? In my top 15. That's, yeah, that's right. Wow. Good for you, Josh. And you even got the number one movie, so you just dominated I'm, i don't know about that but very glad that we all enjoyed these movies so for my 15 favorite movies of 2018 going from 15 to 1 at number 15 bad times of royale we talked about that number 14 blind spotting a really fun really inventive movie with a great performance by david diggs uh number 13 overlord a movie that i'm kind of surprised did not make our list because that was a great war movie with a zombie premise, great performances, great direction, great action, and one of those movies that I wanted to – I went to go buy it the other day on Blu-ray so I could rewatch it, and all the Blu-rays were sold out. So I was like, oh, this movie did not do well. There were, there were like well. two left when I got mine. I was like, this movie yeah. did not do well at the box office, but I'm glad to see it's like – <laughs> found a, a fan base mm-hmm. because this movie needs to be they seen by more people stock enough because they're like oh no yeah maybe the, they, they put one up there yeah. and, oh. <laughs> uh then number 12 if beale street could talk a movie that i think is criminally out of the oscar race uh, maybe it's an oscar winner by the time you guys are hearing this but uh i think this movie should have been up for best actress for kiki lane best director for barry jenkins best picture this movie is so so good um uh, and everybody should go see it as soon as possible uh then number 11 is upgrade another movie that i thought for sure was going to be in our top 15 because it's maybe i mean outside of mission Impossible fallout like the best action of the year so another one you guys need to go see if you haven't already lay Winnell directed the crap out of this movie and logan marshall green did such a good job in the lead role number 10 ready player one really just retro spielberg we've done a full review on already you guys can hear that and then the rest have all been mentioned before but just to round out my list number nine first man number oh number eight game night man best comedy of the year it is Mm -hmm. so so good and i just love this movie the more i've watched it uh so if you have not seen game night go see it because it's phenomenal then number seven, Black Panther. Number six, Black Klansman. Number five, A Star Is Born. Number four, Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse. Number three, Annihilation. Number two, Mission Impossible Fallout. And number one, Avengers Infinity War. Josh, we're going to go to you next. All right. Sounds good. Um, so my t- I had only two left off. Okay. Like we just said. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I forgot who said <laughs> that. But uh, starting at number 15 um, is Assassination Nation. Uh, we saw it later in the year, like September-ish. Mm-hmm. I, got, I didn't see that one. Okay. Yeah. I was beyond enthralled and fascinated by it in so many ways. Sam Levinson has, it's crafted exceptionally well by Sam Levinson. Everything is staged and paced extremely well. The script gets a little off kilter and wild and you forget what this movie is about, but the message and the themes that it runs with about your online life and harassment and just internet culture and how it can bleed over into real life and then it just plays with a ridiculous premise of what would it be like if half the town lost their text and messages and photos and everything like that. And it's a peek at how maddening that could all be. Um, So go see it if you have it. Number 14, Bad Times at the Al Royale. 13, Vice. 12, A Star is Born. Number 11, surprise we didn't actually get to this, but Crazy Rich Asians. Absolutely loved it. I haven't seen that either. It it just just missed my top 20, but man, such a good movie. It is so good. Um, And it, it, it... 
number one, it makes you infurious about how pigeonholed some of these actors can be, mm-hmm. um, like in media and everything like that. But then also, it's just so funny. Aquafina, sh- I mean, steals the show and will have you busting up laughing the entire way through. But then it's also really sweet and it's a gr- great rom-com. Uh, number 10, Avengers Infinity War. Ugh. Number and then getting into the... <laughs> Yeah, into the top ten. Number nine, Black Klansman. Number eight, Black Panther. Seven, Mission Impossible. Six, A Quiet Place. Five, Into the Spider-Verse. Four, The Battle of Buster Scruggs. Three, Hereditary. Two, First Man. And then, of course, number one, Annihilation. There we go. Colton, uh, your top uh, 15. I had five, not either, just like okay. Cooper. Um, Blind Spotting's 15. Then I've got Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. 13 is Hereditary. Uh, Black Panther. 11, I've got Vice. Sorry to Bother You is 10. Um, sorry to Bother You. Um most unique movie of the year, most ambitious movie of the year. Uh, check it out. It might not be your cup of tea. I wouldn't <laughs> blame you if it isn't, but I dug it. So uh, number nine, Green Book. We didn't talk about that one either. I know you guys weren't as high on it as I was, but um, I thought the uh, screenplay was fantastic. I loved Vigo and Mahershala. Their chemistry together I thought was brilliant. Um, just overall crowd-pleasing movie. That's what number nine. Yeah, really me. good. Just yeah. doesn't, I don't think has that kind of rewatchability favorite vibe for me that's true too uh number eight won't you be my neighbor we didn't talk about that one either um best doc i've ever seen didn't even get nominated. yeah didn't even get nominated <laughs> uh, free solo i did see that one that would be an honorable mention um it just missed out my top 15 uh but won't you be my neighbor had gave me all the feels it makes you kind of uh i've said this before but want to want to go out and do good in the world you know <laughs> want to like it it makes you think twice before you uh judge someone else mm-hmm. you know Stuff like that. Uh, number seven, eighth grade. Um, I don't, we didn't touch we did on this one, did we? This. Nope. Um, just such a real and heartfelt story. Um, the the father daughter scene. I think it as a if if you were a father, I think you might relate more to this. But even though I'm not, I still <laughs> that, you, that you know. Of. <laughs> I still found <laughs> siblings. Yeah. You have siblings though, yes. right? Little sisters. And yeah. Like just that? I just it's it's so real on how. Uh, And it documents so well, like how um, the generations are changing and how they just it's hard to explain. No, because I uh, when I I finally got around to it, too. Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime. Go watch Mm -hmm. it. everyone. Oh, yeah. Are you just saw it? Yeah, I just saw two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't know. It's been but just the cringeworthiness of some scenes where it's kind of it's funny and it's really sad at the same time. And you feel for them and it gives you that. Yeah, the car scene is just. It's sickening, but it's universal in so many ways. Yeah. But then also, I got to the point, like particularly in the father daughter stuff. Like, like I don't like don't have no kids, but like my little sister's in high school, and I'm like, oh man, like this is like the perspective that she has, like and feelings yeah. and things like that, and like you just it brings all it that. Just, yeah, just back watching up to your it too, head. like uh, trying to uh, like just trying to be friends with the older girl. It's mm-hmm. just like it's heartbreaking and it's kind of sweet at the same time you know because you just kind of you kind of get that like when you look up to someone right exactly it made me rethink like i've got little cousins and things like that who are always Mm -hmm. asking me questions i'm like oh do i want to answer that and like i think about that moment that thing and it's like i mean i'm just a nice you should be nice too anyway you shouldn't have to have a movie (laughs) but like thinking of that reminds me of it all i'm like all right this is why Mm -hmm. you should be thrilled about it yeah uh that was number seven number six is spider-man into the spider-verse nice uh my five, four, and three are all interchangeable, but I'm just gonna mm-hmm. name you what I had. Five is Annihilation. Four is Searching. Three is Black Klansman. Um, two was the Infinity War, and number one, I had Mission Impossible: Fallout. Nice. There we mm-hmm. go. So those are our top fifteen movies, uh, individually, but also the consensus list as well. And I'll just run through that real quickly, uh, just in case you were, there's any confusion before. Uh, but our number fifteen was uh, a simple favor. Number 14, Battle Buster Scruggs. Number 13, Searching. Number 12, Vice. Did I already run through this? Number 12, Vice. Number 11, A Quiet Place. Number 10, A Star is Born. Number 9, Hereditary. Number 8, Bad Times at the Royale. Number 7, First Man. Number 6, Black Panther. Number 5, Black Klansman. Number 4, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number 3, Avengers Infinity War. Number 2, Mission Possible Fall. And number 1, Annihilation. So, that is the consensus friends and film I think I think either Annihilation or Black Klansman is the best of the year like in per- terms of technical perspective yeah just everything o- yeah. overall a movie but so i'm perfectly fine with annihilation being yep. number one yeah, yeah it's it's the only movie that is in all of our top fives i believe so 
Yeah, uh, we've loved this movie since the first time we saw it back in like what February a year ago or something. Yeah. It was it so out. long ago. It would have been this weekend last year. I had to Jeez. Google it just to be <laughs> just to sure, make sure it came out this year. Yeah, mm. and uh, yeah, so that is our uh, friends and film top fifteen favorite movies of twenty eighteen. Be sure to send us your individual lists as well. Let us know what you guys think of our list. If our movies are too high, if you guys think. We're crazy for not including some of them. We may have considered them, but they just didn't make the cut. But let us know your own list as well. Um, but that is all we have for this episode. Be sure to tell us your thoughts or anything covered by tweeting us at Friends Film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. Colton is found at Believe in Blue 88. And also in the vending system. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say uh, sorry to Roma. But you guys will get some Oscar love tonight. So we'll be good. Yeah, maybe. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, though, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, our tunes goes to the Flash Review with comments. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friendsville Podcast. Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. Colton. And thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.